Waverly stood as tall and straight as he could. No matter how tall he stretched, Mr. Hare could still easily jump over him. He sighed. No matter how he stretched and dreamed, he was still just a tiny little fir tree in a clearing of tall pines. He wouldn't, couldn't wait to be tall and splendid like them. He looked, took in the frosty air and stretched again. Aww, look at the cute little teeny fir tree, burst a little girl passing by with her parents. Waverly huffed. She wasn't too big herself. It was just so frustrating. He wasn't a little kid. All around him, the snow sparkled like glitter in the moonlight. The deep green forest around him smelled magnificent and fresh. The sky above him was clear, and the northern light spread like a magnificent ribbon of color among the diamond stars. As lovely and magnificent as they were, Waverly knew the best was yet to come. The next year, several of the larger fir trees were cut down, it seemed scary until Waverly heard the storks say that these nice, tall, straight trees would become masts for tall ships that sail the world on the glistening sea. Waverly stretched as tall as he could, but he couldn't even see over the trees around him. Ah, oh, to see the world. What an amazing thing. Waverly couldn't wait until he was tall enough to see over the other trees. Maybe he would be chosen to become part of a ship. Maybe he could see the world, princesses and pirates and treasure. He could only imagine the beauty and adventure in his future. Even as the small pink buds and leaves shyly uncurled in the spring sun, the fresh breeze smelled of melting snow and the birth of new life, Waverly dreamed on. Baby birds grew and flew away, dried, colorful leaves drifted in the autumn breeze. When winter came again, Waverly saw the young, beautiful trees get cut down. These were only the finest, fullest, most upright trees, cut down in the prime of their youth. It would have been tragic if it had not been for the sparrows. They explained to Waverly that these trees had a special honor in store. They were chosen to be Christmas trees. They would be decorated with ribbons and garland and popcorn and sweets, and on top, a magnificent star. They were brought in from the cold just so that they could be decorated, lighted, and celebrated by the human family, by the warm fire. This was the greatest of all honors for all trees. But what happened after that? asked Waverly. I'm not sure, answered the sparrows. Well, it must be something even more amazing, said Waverly. Otherwise, why would they bother to ornament the tree so? Waverly couldn't help but think that this joy would be even more wonderful than crossing the sea. Waverly stretched and stretched. He focused hard all year on getting as tall and straight as he could. He reached his roots down to the coolest, most refreshing, nutritious water. Grow, grow, grow! He focused all year on growing taller and fuller and more beautiful than any of the trees around him. He ignored the obnoxious baby birds and their peeping songs. He ignored the warm, steamy summer days. He ignored the autumn colors as they spread around him like paint on a canvas. Grow! 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 That was all that mattered. He wanted to see the wonderful miracle of Christmas for himself. To his rapturous joy, he was chosen as a Christmas tree that year. 
He was surprised as he was loaded into a cart that he was a bit sad to see the clearing grow further and further away. It was the only home he had ever known. Still, no time to dwell on that. He was going to be a Christmas tree. Once he was brought inside, he was surrounded by children and the young ladies of a magnificent mansion. They wrapped garlands and sparkling tinsel around him. They wove golden nets into his boughs and filled them with nuts and sweets. Baubles and blown glass ornaments shimmered in his branches. When taper candles were placed into his greenery, he grew so excited that his trembling knocked one over and singed some of his needles. Finally, they crowned him with a golden star. He stood tall and proud as he listened to the children run about babbling about what was coming that evening. They were so excited. The mansion was nice and big and decorated, and it being inside was an honor. But what lay in store for him this evening? He was so excited that he barely took in his surroundings as he wondered and daydreamed. That night, the children rushed back in in a wave, smelling of good food and rosy-cheeked from the fire. They shredded through brightly wrapped gifts that Waverly had been too excited to notice earlier. Then they tackled him. They tore the golden nets from his branches and devoured the sweets. The children played and made an unbelievable amount of noise until an elderly man, so old that his steps seemed unstable, hobbled over to a chair and shushed the kids until they had gathered around him and listened raptly as he told the story of Humpty Dumpty, who came from nowhere and married a princess. Waverly didn't sleep all night. He could finally find out what happens after Christmas. If today had been magnificent, he could only imagine what lay in store tomorrow. To his surprise, the next day he was dragged up, up, up into the dusty attic. This must be where he was to be kept out of the winter cold until the next party. It was less splendid than the drawing room, but it was warm. He was about to miss his glittering woods and the rude old hair when he felt the tickle of something scurrying through his branches. Little mice had found him in the attic. How did you get up here, old Mr. Fur? I am not old, he exclaimed. I am the honored Christmas tree. The mice giggled, but chittered and chatted and asked him questions until they made him think of all the little children of the party. So he gathered them around and told them the story of Humpty Dumpty. They were so excited that the next night they brought along the rats. The rats were less than impressed with the story. In fact, they were more impressed with where he came from. They said that if he were smart, he would have stayed there. Now that he looked back, the woods seemed more beautiful, and Christmas Day seemed more magical. It all seemed so long ago, so much more lovely than his time here in the attic. Still, if Humpty Dumpty had gone on to marry a princess, then surely Waverly the Honored Christmas Tree would also have a princess for a wife. Waverly waited. He no longer saw the rats or the mice. They'd grown bored with him in his only story. He missed them so much. He missed the children and garland and candles. He missed the glittering snow and the northern lights. He missed the beauty of nature. He even missed the stork, the sparrow, and the rude old hare. One day, light came from the trapdoor in the attic. 
Two men with gloves came in and hauled Waverly outside. It was finally happening. It was time for the next phase of his glorious destiny. Was it time for another party? Time to meet his princess? He saw the children for the first time in ages. One little boy saw him and climbed on top of him. His dry branches didn't have their old flexibility, and they cracked under the boy's weight. The boy grabbed the star from on top of Waverly and pinned it to his vest before bouncing off. Waverly heard more cackling and cracking as he waited for his princess and his destiny, and he was chopped into pieces to be fuel for the courtyard fire. Lemonade Mermaid here. The fir tree was written by Hans Christian Andersen. I... <laughs> tend to stay away from Anderson a little bit more than John Batista Basile um, or the Grimm brothers, because even though um, the brothers and Basile have kind of violent, dark stories, they tend to end, if not positively, at least with some form of vengeance. Anderson's work, while charming and whimsical, does tend to have kind of a more pessimistic, sad ending kind of story. And, uh, I don't know, to me, like, The Singing Bone is not an Anderson tale, but it reminds me of him, just because nobody really wins in the end. And that's kind of how I feel about the fir tree. Um, while Anderson wrote lots of other works with sad endings, like The Steadfast Tin Soldier or The Little Mermaid, the fir tree is considered one of the most, if not the most, pessimistic of his tales. So it's it's definitely not one of my favorites, but it does fit in with the season. Um, I don't know. The Little Mermaid and the Steadfast Tin Soldier kind of... I think The Little Mermaid especially made me cry because of their more tragic endings. This ending isn't especially tragic per se, um, just because the fir tree, especially in the written version, is not himself a particularly likable character. So it's not as tragic and heartbreaking, but the overall tone of it is just more pessimistic. The lesson, because Anderson always had to have a lesson, is not to be so focused on the future that you don't pay attention to and enjoy the present. Anderson himself was open about being that kind of person, the kind who could not be happy in the moment because they were always waiting for some future glory and are later filled with regret that they didn't enjoy the good times while they had them. As such, this was a very, very personal story for him, even though it tends to be more pessimistic. And I think this is something that we can all catch ourselves doing. At least I I guess I shouldn't assume that. I, It's very relatable to me, and probably that's part of why it's a story that I think is kind of sad and pessimistic, is because this is something that I catch myself doing a lot, and I guess that's why I kind of assume it's relatable to everybody. I hope there are people out here who don't do that, because I do it too. I'll catch myself at a, you know, on a camping trip looking forward to the night when we can make s'mores and be around the campfire and light the fire, when the day is an amazing time to be camping too, because you can go fishing and swimming and all of that kind of thing. Or... At Disney World, I'll be looking forward to riding the Haunted Mansion when I should be excited about the fact that I'm currently on the Jungle Cruise. You know, it's I'm that kind of person where I'm always looking forward to something wonderful happening in the future, like Christmas, which I think it's perfect that Anderson used Christmas as the example for this 
in the story because that's something I think we tend to do this with a lot. You look forward to it for weeks. Literally, as soon as Thanksgiving ends, I start playing Christmas music, putting up Christmas lights. We've decorated our tree. I get pretty smelling Christmassy, spicy candles, and I'm so excited. And then when Christmas itself happens, it's such a big flurry of excitement that the next day and for several days after, I'm just kind of in a flump. Like, I don't even think flump is a word, but I just, you know, you're sitting there like, oh my gosh, it's over. Christmas already happened. And you, you're so shocked that it's over because you still feel the anticipation of waiting for it to come and it's done. And I do that too. I tend to get so much anticipation about doing something that I don't enjoy what I'm doing right now because I'm just thinking of the the thing that's going to happen in the future that's going to be so much better. And I'm terrible about that. It sounds like Anderson can relate, like he had a real struggle with that too. And then once the moment is past, like Christmas being past, you look back and you're nostalgic and you're thinking, oh, if only I had been more present in the moment, paying attention to the magic that was happening around me. But the anticipation is so great that it gets you every time, and then you're nostalgic for the moment that you were anticipating just a bit ago. And uh, I would love to know if everybody out there does this, or if there are people out there who really are better at being present in the moment and don't get caught up in that wave of anticipation so much that the anticipation for the thing carries you through the thing itself, and then you're just left with nostalgia for the thing that happened rather than you know, enjoying that thing in the moment. It's almost as though you move from the past to the future you know, with the anticipation and then the remembrance, and somehow you skip the present, the the actual being in that moment. And I do this all the time. I'm so guilty of it. And I think that's why the fir tree, even though it's one of my least favorite fairy tales, tends to stick into my mind, is because even though I don't particularly like it, I do find it extremely relatable. And yeah, I just hope for your sake, dear listener, whoever is listening today, as we get close to Christmas, I hope that you're not like me. <laughs> I mean, I hope that you're like me in that you enjoy a good fairy tale, but I hope you're not like me in the sense that you are better at being present in the moment, at really letting it capture you and wrap you up and enjoy that moment that you've been anticipating instead of being like me where you look forward to it and then just kind of miss it because you're so caught up in looking forward to it. I hope that you're able to be present with your loved ones, especially this Christmas where you may not have been physically present with them for a long, long time. I hope you take the time to slow down and be present with them this year and enjoy being close to them Enjoy the lights and the yummy foods and, you know, whether you're doing Christmas or Hanukkah, they both, as far as I know, center around a lot of lights and yummy foods. So, and, you know, a lot of family gathering together. And I hope you enjoy both because both are amazing. And, you know, after a year of not getting to see our families very much, this particular time of year has special deep significance. So don't be like me. Don't let the anticipation and the worry and the planning and putting everything together make it so that you miss the actual moment. And then, you know, New Year's Eve, you look back and go, oh, no. Christmas is over, <laughs> you know, because I do that every single year. I get so excited, and then the next thing I know, it's done, and it's always a little bit of a letdown and a little shocking. I used to do the same thing about Halloween, too, when I was a kid, just, just so you know. 
I remember feeling this way, this huge excitement as my mom and my grandmother made my costumes and I'd get so excited and just the buildup was enormous and then the evening itself seemed to pass so quickly. And then next you know you have this pumpkin full of sweets, but the day is gone and the fun of wearing the costume and being someone else for a little while is gone. So yeah, don't be like me. Definitely live in that moment, especially this year when we haven't had very many moments with our loved ones. Savor every second of it. I know I'm going to do my best to do that this year. Now, some of you may have seen my Facebook post yesterday about no more Merlin stories till the beginning of the year. Um, Those take a long time to put together. I know they probably don't seem like it because they're just like a page or two each. They're pretty short little guys. But, it you know, there's a lot of research about different magical creatures. There's a lot of observation of my dogs and their weird behaviors and how they're different and how can I fit this into a story or that into a story, these little quirky behaviors of theirs. And it just takes me a long time to try to put into words what I want to say. And I am somebody who is a much better written communicator than I am an oral communicator. And I think it's for that reason that I can really be thoughtful about every single word I put down when I write. Whereas when I talk, I feel like everything comes out and sometimes people misinterpret what I say versus what I mean. That happens to me quite a lot. So I do feel like I communicate better when I write, but it's because when I write, it does take a lot of thought. And so, um, (laughs) I don't know. I just, I, I'm going to take a break from that for the next week or so. I'm having some family come and visit and I really like the moral of this story. I want to be present with them. I want to take the time to just, uh, enjoy my time with them. Now, the part of the podcast that also takes a lot of time are these regular podcasts on Friday, but I'm going to go ahead and pre-record those and schedule those to come out every Friday. So those will be coming out as usual, even on Christmas Day. So uh, you won't be missing those. I will still probably post a bunch of photos, maybe a, a blog post or two. So the only thing that'll really be missing for the next few weeks for Christmas will be the short stories. So um, my patrons who get the photos and the blog posts and my one patron who actually joined a tier where you get a small gift, I'll be getting that gift to you in the next few weeks as well from my trip to Tennessee. So um, everything else will be going on as scheduled as the usual. And uh, it's just the short stories that I'm going to take a little break from from the next couple weeks while we enjoy the Christmas season. And that way I don't have to take time away from my family to write up and format and edit the story. Um, Everything else I can get done ahead of time so that way I can really enjoy that time and spend it with my family. And I really want you to do the same this year. I feel like this year it's more important than any other year that we take that time and spend it together, whether... It's on a phone call with someone because they're not well and you have to, um, you know, you have to stay away from them for a little bit and you want what's best for them and their health. So you communicate with them on the phone or on the computer this year or whether it is in person, get in touch with your loved ones. They miss you and it's been so long. Um, I'll look forward to talking to you again next Friday where we're going to cover Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol versus Disney's Mickey's Christmas Carol. I may sneak in a couple comparisons to the Muppet Christmas Carol and the Jim Carrey version as well just because, uh, you know, there's so many 
redos of this story and it's absolutely fantastic and there's so much history involved with it and it's just one of my favorite Christmas stories of all time and it really did kind of resurrect the holiday from sliding into obscurity and that history of it is absolutely fascinating. Charles Dickens is pretty fascinating so I'll have a lot of commentary on that one as well so I'm looking forward to doing that and then the following week let me check my notes here what do I have in store for you the week of New Year's oh the tongue cut sparrow or the split tongue sparrow depending on which version of it you've heard so that one is a pretty interesting story as well I think it's from either Japan or China it's it's I think a, a more foreign story but it is a good one and like I said Earlier, I love a good revenge story, and this one does involve a little revenge, so that makes it fun as well. So that's what's coming up the next couple weeks. I want you to enjoy your Christmas, your Hanukkah, whatever you're doing these next few weeks. Have a wonderful, wonderful time, and just really enjoy the moment and the opportunity to be with family, whether that's distanced with your family, whether you're able to be with them in person. It's such a beautiful time of year, and really, if you're like me and you're from the frozen north, this is the part of winter that is lovely and new and clean and beautiful. It's before the snow is all dirty and muddy and scummy, and... You know, this is this is the lovely part of winter. After New Year, winter all goes downhill. So, you know, for me, I was always that person growing up that if the snow could just go away on January 2, I'd be perfectly happy with that. So now I live somewhere where there's not snow, but it is getting a little cold. And uh, I don't know, I just, I really appreciate not having that much snow. But I also like snow on Christmas, so... It's an interesting emotion, my first year down south. Um, I hope you enjoy Chris Christmas wherever you are, whether there's snow or not, and have a wonderful weekend.